Moments of Encounter is a weekly live broadcast brought to you by Calvary We Revival Labels through God's servant Chidebele Odeze. The teachings are focused on building the church and raising men that will do exploits in this end time. You can connect live to Moments of Encounter every Tuesday by 6 p.m. West African time at www.mixlr.com forward slash Moments of Encounter. May you have a life-changing encounter as you listen. God bless you.
that's my, 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 my only desire. Just to be close to them. Walking, walking. In the day, in the night. At all times, close to them. Whom have I in heaven that day? There is none that I desire upon the earth that only Let it be 
tonight that every one of us we have a testimony of an encounter with you. Thank you for the anointing is here. Thank you for the anointing is here. We are happy you are here, Lord. Thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Welcome to Moment of Encounter tonight. It's a beautiful time again in his presence. And we are looking at a very sensitive topic tonight under our team. The Christian worship. The topic tonight is very sensitive. And I want us to pay great attention to what the Lord has for us. The stewardship of our relationships. As believers, we have two kinds of relationships. Relationship we have with God and the relationship we have with men. So we have divine relationship with God, human relationship with men. Both of them are God's gifts to us, which he expects us to manage as faithful stewards. Now, in the book of Genesis, we saw that God created man in his own image, after his own likeness. Genesis 1, 26 and 28. So that man will have dominion over the earth and everything that he has made. Now, the purpose of God creating man in his image after his likeness is so that he and man will have relationship. Communication is the building block of relationship. Love is the foundation. The building block is communication. Now God knew that if I am going to relate with Adam, with man, we need to have the same kind of life that I have. Relationship is not possible between two beings that cannot communicate. And communication is not possible between two beings that, can, that doesn't have the same life. A fowl cannot talk to a goat because the life in a fowl is not the same life in a goat. So God wanted to have a being that he can talk to, that can hear him and respond back. Communication so that there can be a relationship. He created man with his life. So in the practical of God's creation in Genesis 2-7, the Bible says, the Lord God made man out of the dust of the earth. Then he breathed into his nostrils the breath of his life. And man became a living soul. So the element of living that entered into the man that was initially a dust was the breath of his life. Is actually that breathing into his nostrils is actually a means of transfer of the life in God to the life in the dust. So that when the dust stood up, the only life that is inside the dust is the same life that is in the man or in the God that breathed. You get it? So, 
he deliberately gave man his life so that he can communicate with man man can hear him and he can hear man and the reason why he wanted that communication is so that there will be a relationship and it is only by that relationship that he can empower the man to be able to do the work that he created him for let us make man that he will have dominion so the purpose of creating man is for man to have dominion nothing more nothing less any man that has no dominion over the earth is not fulfilling the purpose of god that can be through any or through many means but the very purpose the fundamental purpose is for this man to rule so god intended that that relationship should be there that, that's why he comes down to communicate with man the bible says in the cool of the day in the cool of the day he comes that was how he empowered inspired adam to name all um, all the other creatures you can imagine the naming ceremony of all creatures how long did it take you know do you know all creatures both the ones that are creeping the ones that are crawling and all of that it is not a small communion it's a real communion and the bible says each one he finished creating he will bring it to him to see what he will call it so it's a, a communication it's a relationship until the disobedience in chapter 3 when through that the disobedience the life was lost now the truth was that it is not just the life that was lost eh? the authority for the dominion also was lost God was determined to restore that back that was why he pursued man to the extent of sending Jesus Christ his only begotten son to die on the cross so that by the reason of his death he can make his life available again unto man when Adam lost the life the life that was breathed into him was lost by that disobedience God warned him before the time he told him that if you eat this fruit if you disobey me you will lose the life that is the death is the loss of the life say so you will surely die he lost it so now I said when we are talking about the stewardship of our relationship there are two kinds our relationship with God the divine relationship and our relationship with men human relationship we are supposed to be faithful stewards of both of them for tonight we are going to be looking at one because we may not be able to finish the two in the time we have so maybe subsequently we can look at the other one so we are starting with the stewardship of divine relationship stewardship of our relationship with god so first of all we all already know that it is expected that every steward should be faithful we have seen it again and again faithfulness is the hallmark of stewardship without faithfulness there is no stewardship first corinthians 4 verse 2 said it is required in steward that a man be found faithful if 
any steward is a steward at all, it is based on his faithfulness. And the day he becomes unfaithful, that particular day, he will lose his stewardship. That's the law of stewardship. So, what does it mean to be a steward of our relationship with God, a faithful one? What is the meaning of, you know, faithfulness in divine relationship as it pertains our stewardship? So we can say a faithful steward of divine relationship is that man that maintains an unbroken fellowship with God through an unconditional obedience to the Holy Spirit that indwells us. Of course, I don't need to tell you that, first of all, before any man can be talked about, and talk, I can talk about being a steward of divine relationship, the person must be divine. Has to be born again, has to have an encounter with Christ, first of all, and be born again. Now, when that person is born again, there is an expectation from God, from that moment, to maintain an unbroken, to maintain a fellowship with God. Fellowship, sharing with God that is not broken. Through an unconditional obedience to the Holy Spirit that indwells Him. That's a faithful steward of divine relationship. So why do we need to strive to be faithful? Why do we need to, you know, be faithful stewards of our relationship with God? First of all, is it possible? Yes, hundred times yes. I noticed that even after Adam has felt, God still found him and God Enoch that walked with God. Till the point that God said, I don't need to come down again to walk with you come up so that it can be easy for me working with you over there. 300 years. Unbroken fellowship with God. Not for 3 days. Not for 30 days or 30 months or years. 300 years of walking with God. Amplified version said habitual fellowship. Enoch walked in habitual fellowship with God. So, if it is, if it was possible for Enoch, and it was possible possible for Noah, Abraham, in the Old Testament, and in the New, we saw Jesus, we saw people like Paul, and so on. It's possible for us. It's possible for us, and we must find out first of all the motivation, the need because it is actually the need that will motivate us to pursue it at all costs and I would like to mention just two because of time one of them is that you know, if we are not relating well with God we can't relate well with men our divine relationship is the foundation of our human relationship 
many many problems and troubles and inconsistency and carelessness unfaithfulness we have seen brothers and sisters in Christ show towards one another and others is just as a result of the fact that they are not fellowshipping with God consistently if there is a consistent unbroken fellowship with the Holy Ghost eh, unconditional obedience to his voice being led by him at all times in everything we will have a very perfect superb relationship with men that's one two divine authority spiritual authority is a child of divine relationship is a product I don't know whether you know what spiritual authority is when we talk about spiritual authority we are talking about the authority of God himself now for Adam the, the first man to have dominion over the earth to dominate he cannot do that except by divine authority by God's own authority and you know there is a difference between authority and power I want us to read Luke chapter 4 verse 31 something happened in that place it was reported also in Mark 1 27 to 21 to 27 Jesus entered Capernaum and was in the synagogue then there was a man that was carrying unclean spirit. Luke chapter 4, verse 31. He came down to Capernaum, a city of Galilee, and taught them on the Sabbath days. Verse 32. And they were astonished at his doctrine, for his word was with power. I read, um, if you read New King James or NIV, you notice that that power there is actually authority. Then his words were with authority. Verse 33. And in the synagogue there was a man which had a spirit of an unclean devil and cried out with a loud voice saying, Let us alone! What have we to do with thee, thou Jesus of Nazareth? And thou come to destroy us. I know thee who thou art, the Holy One of God. And Jesus rebuked him, saying, Hold thy peace and come out of him. And when the devil had thrown him in the midst, he came out of him and hurt him not. And they were all amazed and spoke among themselves, saying, What a word is this? For with authority and the power he commanded the unclean spirit and they come out for with what two things authority and what it is the authority or power they are not the same they are not substitutes they are different things authority and power Authority is the power to rule, capacity, ability to rule. Eh? Power is the ability to perform, to act. 
if you are you know, students in those days when we are in school, campus, lecturer, you know, we'll be waiting for lecturer to come. Then one student that knew the course very well can come out to teach. The student has the ability to do what? To teach. And most times, you will understand the thing better from the student. But the moment the student cites the lecturer coming, whether he's teaching more than the lecturer, that's not the issue now. The issue is that he doesn't have authority. He has power to teach, but he doesn't have authority to teach. So he has to quickly give way because someone with authority and with power has come. The devil has authority and power before, before he was cast down. When he was in relationship with God, God gave him power as a gift. Power is a gift. But authority is based on the fact that you have a relationship with God. Do you understand that? So, when he lost that relationship with God, he lost authority. The power is a gift. You know, he went away with the gift. Do you understand it now? That's why the devil has power. He can do things. In, in, in Samaria, in the book of Acts chapter 8, there was a Simon the sorcerer that was working miracles by the power of the devil. Do you remember this story? Until a man with authority and power landed. What happened to the ministry of Simon? That was the end. The demons that were working with him, he was calling them to come. They were all running, telling him that we can't operate here anymore because this man that landed, he carried authority. We don't have authority. If you want us to operate, let us go to another country where this kind of person is not existing. Do you understand that? So the kingdom of God, the government of heaven, can only be established on the earth, not by power alone. Because there is someone with power. In the business area, markets, those that are serving Satan can go and get power to manipulate customers. And they will be doing that until a brother with authority and power enter that same line. If this brother that, that has authority and power enter the same line of, you know, in the same business, in the same shop, in the same place, what happened in Samaria will happen in that line. They will notice that all they are doing before with their power cannot work again. Because somebody that has just arrived came not just with power, he also came with what? Authority. So when the brother who understands what he came with stands in that line and says, from today, from today, every power that is not of God, that is operating in this market line, I destroy you. 
The Bible says, for with authority and power, he cast demons out. The kingdom of God is being established in that line. Because Matthew 12, 28 says, if I cast demons out by the spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has come. So what the Holy Ghost brings is authority. But that authority becomes active when there is an unbroken fellowship with him through unconditional, constant obedience to his leadings and directions. That is faithfulness in divine relationship. I say it's a a very sensitive topic. We have to be very careful here. Because it affects every area of our life. Whether you are in the market or you are in the pulpit. Some of us are in the pulpit. It's not just the ability to preach the word of God that will make you to, you know, affect people's life. You need authority. Because the man that people listen to, people follows, is not just the man that knows how to preach. It's the man that heaven has said, this is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. So sometimes, even when men don't want to listen to him, they will be seeing the same man in their dreams, compelling them, commanding them, you must go and download this message. You must listen to this. I mean, the face that is appearing is the face of the man. Well, that's an angel. But the angel has to use the face of the man to command you to go and submit. Because this is a man that heaven has invested authority and power now for you. The kingdom of God is with him. It's not a pulpit matter alone. In the civil service, in the place of work, we have diabolic people with power. Are you hearing me? Some of them belong to occults. Some of them are chief wizards in their witches' kingdom. And you, a believer, is in the same office with them. You want to run away? It will be a shame if, and that's what you know, happens again and again, you see believers being subdued, subjected. The reason is because they lack authority, spiritual authority. I mean, to control, that's the kind of thing Daniel was using in Babylon. Eh? He's a civil servant, ordinary one. But kings after kings will come and bow before Daniel. Why? Because he has authority. Authority is synonymous with God himself. Authority is actually God himself. And so God cannot trust any man with himself when you have not shown such a commitment to obey him unconditionally and fellowship and work with him. What a demand. That we should be faithful stewards of this privilege is a privilege that God has given us himself. All we just need to do is to be careful to walk with him. And it's not as if we are the first to do that. 
people, both in the old and new, has worked with him. We, we are going to work with him. Because that is the secret of bearing the heaven's authority. Sometimes you see a brother, you go to preach. After preaching, you come back. I say, how many souls did you win? He has not won any soul, even though he has written them some those he has preached. That cannot happen to a brother with authority. Because when you finish preaching, whether the person listens to you at that time or not, once you finish preaching, the Spirit of God, eh, the authority of God, will go into work. Men does, cannot escape the government of heaven. Because our God rules both in heaven and on the earth. So all the fruitlessness we have been seeing, struggles we have been seeing in our lives, whether in the ministry or in the, you know, well, everything is ministry, whether you are in the market or you are in the, the civil service or you are in the pulpit, everything is ministry. These are activities that God is expecting us to use to bring his authority, his government to our... That's why Jesus taught the disciples, when you pray, say, let your kingdom come. It's a cry. Adam lost it. He came to bring it back. Let your will be done in this place of work as, it's been, as it is being done in heaven. It can only happen when a man, a woman with heaven's authority, who knows... The authority you carry enters there. People cannot mess around where you are. The manipulators of darkness, they will cease. You notice that some of them will stop talking to you. They will hate you because, not because you have done anything wrong to them, but because in the spirit realm you are blocking them. The authority you came with has cast the spirit they are working with out. They are powerless. They have power before, but in this place now, the power cannot operate. And the demons will tell them, for your information, if you want to operate, no longer here. Because we don't have authority. We only have power. But this man has authority and he has power. Are you getting that? When I go to crusade to preach, after preaching, I normally announce to the witches and wizards in the community to come and attack me in the night. You know why I talk like that? I know that before I came to that village, they, they, are, they have power, they are operating. But I came not just with power. I came with authority. And their powers have ceased. They, can't just, they cannot just come. And they have never come. For once. I mean from village to village. From place to place. You sleep like a baby in the night. They can't. Because I bear the government of heaven to that place. The secret of bearing God's authority constantly, regularly, God trusting you with this authority is this faithfulness in divine relationship. Many of us have struggled in many things we are doing. You struggle for years, you try to make it, you try to push here and there, nothing is moving. There is only one solution for us. For the people that serve the devil, they can go to the devil in many means. But for us, we can never ever come out of any of those struggles any other way, apart from going back to walking with God. 
Ah, maybe I should add the third need is that that guarantees our going to heaven. Finally, when we have established his kingdom on the earth. I preach about making heaven, but I tell the brethren that we are not created here to make heaven only. We are created here to bring down his kingdom on the earth and establish his will to be done on earth as it is being done in heaven, in your place of work, in your businesses, in everywhere. His kingdom coming through you and his will being done by everyone there as it is being done in heaven. That's heaven coming down to the earth, not just running to heaven. Have you not read about new earth? Eh? Some of us that are always talking about going to heaven, when you read about new heaven and new earth, you will close your eyes to the new earth. Because I don't want earth. This is a new earth. An earth where only the will of God is what? Is done. And earth, we are only the kingdom's work saying, Thy will be done on earth. Our work here is to bring the kingdom down. And when God is satisfied that we have done that, He will now take us to be with Him forever. And not just saying, I'm, I'm making heaven. While witches and wizards are free to operate in your place of work, in your yard. Some believers are even packing out of their yard because of an apartment. That's an eyesore to God. How can a man without authority chase you out? A man with power only chasing out a man with authority and power just because of unfaithfulness in walking with God. How do we practically maintain our faithfulness? In divine relationship. How? What are the practical ways of being faithful stewards in divine relationship? John 8 12, Jesus says, I am the light of the world. He that follows me shall not walk in darkness. Walking in the light is the way. What is walking in the light? You can see that in 1 John chapter 1, verse 5 to 10. This then is the message we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light. And in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie. And do not the truth. But if we walk in the light. As he is in the light. We have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ his son. Cleanseth us from all sin. If we say we have no sin. We deceive ourselves. And the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins. He is faithful and just to forgive our sins. And to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. Now, this is one of the passages that many people that are ignorant has twisted to their own destruction. They try to make a meaning out of this scripture that we are not, 
without sin. So sometimes when they want to confess sin, they say, brethren, if we say we have no sin, even the Bible told us, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. They took that verse 9 out of the context. There is a context that verse 9 was inside. You see, when you take a scripture out of its context and make it to stand alone without the context, you are into heresy. You are a false teacher. Spirit of heresy is at work. There is something going on here. He said, this is the message we have heard. Eh? And we have declared it to you. That God is light. And in him, there is no darkness at all. No darkness at all. And he said, if we say we have fellowship with him, in whom there is no darkness at all, and we are walking in darkness. He said, we are liars. Fellowship with God. Man, fellowship with God. Is that possible? Very possible. From the old, from Adam. Constant one. Enoch, Enoch, you know, carried it for 300 years. You know, said in verse 7, but if we walk in the light, as God is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. That's we and God, we have fellowship. Get the right understanding of the scripture. If we walk in the light, as God is in the light, we and God, we have fellowship. Do you understand that now? And as we are having fellowship, what happened? The blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. So, can you imagine a man having fellowship with God, still having sin? Yes. But this is a sin he's not aware of. What is walking in the light? Walking in the light is walking in the knowledge of the word of God that has come to you. God's word is light. The entrance of the word of God giveth light. Your word is a, la a, a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. So when the word of God has come to you and you have known that this is what God is saying, do not do this or do this. And you are walking in it. You are obeying it. You are following it. That's when you are walking in the light. And as you are walking in the light, there could be some sins that you are not aware of. Do you understand that? Say the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, will be what? Handling those words because you don't know about them. But any day you got to know about them, you are supposed to start walking in them. Otherwise, the blood will stop walking. And the sin will come up. And once the sin comes up, God will depart because God cannot walk with you when you are living in sin. Do you understand that scripture? Now look at it because you know many people get it wrong. 
it is in this context that he was now saying, if we say we have no sin. That is to say, you know, have you done quiet time before? And then in your quiet time, you notice that there is a scripture that came up this morning. Your eyes was open to the word of God. And you are saying, God, I didn't know that this is a sin. I'm sorry, I've been living like this before. Has it happened to you before? Has it happened to you before? Now, what do you think was happening to that sin before that day? The sin you are committing, it is in your life. It may be small, but it's a sin. But as long as you are not aware of it, you don't know. The light did not, has not come to you the way it came this morning. The blood of Jesus Christ will be taking care of it. As long as you are keeping the ones you know, that's walking in the light. You are walking in the light of the knowledge of the word of God that you have known. You are obeying and following it. Say, you should not worry yourself about the ones you don't know. Because the blood of Jesus will be taken. So that's why I said, if we say we have no sin. Because we have sin. Tomorrow you may do quiet and you discover the sin you have today. Which you don't know about. So it's not for somebody to go and tell lie. Look at a final year student in an exam hall. Taking degree exam. And saying to God, please, this is my degree exam. I don't want to come back. School fees and shame and other things. Please, I would like to, you know, just do expo. My practice. And then pass. But after, I will go for set apart and we will settle it there. Agreed, Lord. Agreed. That's walking in darkness. You know that what you are about to do is a sin. And you step into it. You can never have fellowship with God. You are not walking in the light. You are walking in darkness. And this is a very serious matter for us. Because do you realize that in moment of encounter alone, since we started, a lot of word of God has come to us as light here. How many of us are walking in them, in the knowledge of those words? God spent 13 weeks talking to us on the overcoming faith. How many of us are walking in the light of overcoming faith now? He spent another 12 weeks talking to us on the power of divine love. And we get excited when the word of God comes. How many of us are walking in the light of the word that we know now? Now he's spending another set of weeks talking to us about the Christian stewardship. Walking in the light of the knowledge of the word that you have known. This is just moment of encounter, you know. But you know we go for conferences, retreats, we download messages online, we listen, we go for discipleship classes, churches and all of that. Messages. Are we walking in the light? He said, if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship. That's what makes our fellowship, our relationship with him. Our fellowship, our sharing with him. You will see the Holy Ghost very close. He will be talking to you. You will be hearing his voice. So many believers say, I don't hear the voice of God. How can you hear the voice of God when you are not walking in the light? That's no fellowship. I don't hear the voice of God. I don't used to have any dream, any experience. Listen. You can't. Because you are walking in darkness. There are scriptures. There are word of God that has come to you. You have not, you know, begin to live according to them. You heard them, but you are not following them. 
So for us to be able to be faithful in divine relationship as stewards, we must learn to walk in the light. Because that's when we can enjoy what Enoch enjoyed. Fellowship. Constant fellowship. Regular fellowship with the Lord. There's no other way. There is no other way. That's how Jesus lived. Eh? That's how Jesus lived. There are four aspects of Jesus' life we are going to be looking at just to see how he walked in constant fellowship with the Father. That's just what we have to do now and we conclude. We are going to look at the devotions of Jesus. We will look at his commitments. Then we look at his submission. And we look at his obedience. These four aspects of his life gave us a perfect picture of how he walked in constant fellowship with the Father. Why he was here, like us. It was not automatic for him. He was 100% man like us. When we begin to look at his devotion, you notice that he has to pray, he has to wake up and go and pray. Otherwise, he will have a problem. Amen. Now, let's start with his devotion. How devoted was he? Now, remember, Adam, Adam was created to bear God's authority. He lost it. The Bible called Jesus the last Adam and the second man. Adam was the first man. He was the second kind of man. And the last Adam. He came to restore that which Adam lost. So, when you study Adam, study how Adam lost fellowship with God. It was through Remember, one single act of disobedience. How many times do we disobey the Lord in a day? How many times do we disobey the Holy Ghost? Let's see how Jesus was able to do that. And maybe others, if you have time to look at his devotions. We may not be able to do exhaustive study on these things, but just pick out one or two examples. Mark chapter 1, we saw how he had a very busy night. It was a night of healing, preaching, deliverance, and so on. In Mark 1, if you read from verse 29 and forthwith, when they were come out of the synagogue, they entered into the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John, verse 30. But Simon's wife's mother lay sick of a fever, and none of them tell him of her. And he came and took her by the hand, and lifted her up, and immediately the fever left her. And she ministered unto them. And at even, when they saw this sex, they brought unto him all that were diseased, and them that we are possessed with devils. And all the city was gathered together at the door. And he healed many that were sick of diverse diseases and cast out many devils. 
and suffered not the devils to speak because they knew him. Excuse me. Did you notice a man with authority in action? These are demons that has taken their permanent seats in people's life. Permanent seats. How you know a man with authority is that when he comes, he establishes a kingdom. And in that kingdom, whatever that is not consistent with the kingdom cannot thrive. Sickness is not a hell. Are you listening to me? Oh my God, you are not getting me. Eh? Heaven is a perfect place. When they are talking about the kingdom of it, that's why Jesus cannot look at somebody with, a, with leprosy and leave the person alone. Deaf and dumb. No, now. The kingdom of God has come. Say, go and tell John what you see. The, the blind are seeing. The deaf are hearing. The cripple are walking. The dead are being raised. And the kingdom of God is being preached. Yes, when the kingdom of God is being preached, you know, they say, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. At hand means that the kingdom of God is here. The kingdom has come. So everything that is not in line with the kingdom cannot stay here. You know, some of us don't know the gospel we are preaching. That's why you preach in the bus and you go without casting demons out of the bus. Casting sicknesses out of people. Eh? You go to a place to preach and people with this. Look at Jesus has not started praying for those that have demons. In the passage we read in Luke chapter 4, he was just teaching and the demon shouted. The fire was too much. The authority of the word of God, that demon cannot, you know, you can imagine a man teaching the word of God and a demon was like shouting. <laughs> if I will dramatize what happened in that passage, eh? I sense that as the man, as, as, as man was teaching, the fire was oozing out in the direction of that demon. And the demon was trying to hide in some secret part of that body. Couldn't hide. Trying to hide until the fire became too much. He said, if I don't cry out here now, I will die here. He has to cry out. He said, hey, shut up. Come out of him and enter him no more. And that's all. So all this... Uh, and the less casting of demon out. And the Lord will tell you that uh, my name is Lenka from Libanaija. I've been in this body for 30 years. And you laugh, ha 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 ha. And you get my microphone and put it in his mouth. These are men without authority. <laughs> men with authority, they rule by their ways. Eh? Sometimes they don't even pray before demons will fly out. Noiselessly, some noiseless demons will just begin to give way because the man with the government of heaven has entered. They know you may not know because you are not a spirit, but they know what was the secret behind his authority. The Bible says, All that was sick, they, all of them were healed. It's that's always the record. Oh, look at what happened in the next verse. And in the morning, rising up a great while before day, he went out. Look, look at the scriptures carefully. Verse 32 says, and at evening, there was a crusade. Who knows how long it lasted? A 
are yet in the morning. In the evening, there we are meeting. In the morning, rising up. He didn't give you an excuse that I labored so much last night. Devotion. To maintain an unbroken fellowship with God that will empower you for unconditional, consistent obedience to the leading of the Spirit always. You must be a man, a woman of devotion. Devotion. I'm not talking about prayer. I'm talking about devotion to prayer. There are two different things. Anybody can pray. But we have only few that are devoted to prayer. Sometimes when I see some religious people, they challenge me. Religious people that pray in the church. Every morning, five o'clock, you see them, they are praying. Some of them that pray, praise in the mocks. Every afternoon, 12 o'clock, they gather, they are praying. Every evening, 6 o'clock or 5 o'clock, they are praying. Devotion from year, year in, year out. That's what we call altar in the spirit. Altar, strong. Many people pray, but they are not devoted to prayer. Here is a man that has a habit and will not allow the ministry of the night to be an excuse for a quiet time of the morning. That's the secret. He's God though, inside a man. Eh? He was not born as we were born. But he knew that he will not be excused for anything. He has to maintain a fellowship with the Father. By being devoted. To be a faithful steward of divine relationship that transmits constantly the government of heaven, the authority of heaven upon a man's life to be established on the earth through him. Whether in the marketplace, in the government house, or in the pulpits in the church. You must be a man of devotions. No excuse. Tell your neighbor no excuse. Tell him no excuse. Excuse is not for a devoted man. For those who are not devoted, they will tell you, well, no, eh, I, I, was, I didn't sleep on time. And um, yesterday I stressed myself so much. In fact, eh, God is helping someone. No, I will not do it today. I will do it in the evening. Or in the, you know, the devil is smart. We tell you, we do it in the evening. Tomorrow, you say, the devil is tomorrow now. That's for those who are not devoted. You will find a reason. You will find an excuse. Who is supervising Jesus for a time life? Who is the supervisor? You know, some people, because they are under supervision. Because they know that their quiet time notes will be shaked. They always try to do and write down something. I say, when you are writing something down that is not serious, even you yourself that is writing it, you know. <laughs> you know that you didn't get any revelation. You are just writing. Luke chapter 5. 
it may amaze you to know that after his communion with God that morning, eh, you need to know that they were telling him, Peter, they were looking for him, telling him, oh God, men are looking for you the other side. He said, no, 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 no. In the communion I had with God this morning, the ministry work today is no longer there. The ministry work today is in the other side. Say, let us go to the other side. Listen to me. Some of us, we have learned to pray in order to impress people and show people that we are praying. There's something, I'm learning something recently. I said to myself, of what use is it that somebody by my side knew that I'm praying? Do you get my question? How does it concern you that I'm praying? Especially this issue of speaking in tongues. You see some of us, anytime you are praying, we will know. But I, I begin to realize, you know, Jesus thought about it. He thought about it in Luke, uh, Matthew 6. He said, when you pray, talk, shut the door. In your, go to your closet. Ah, talk to your father in secret. In secret means that nobody knows what you are telling. That is secret. You can't be telling God something secret and somebody is hearing it. I noticed that that kind of prayer is a prayer that refreshes the soul. I mean, when you close your eyes, close your sometimes you even close your mouth. Eh? But even if you don't close your mouth, but you are praying. You know, when he was talking about giving gifts in the same particular passage, he even said, don't let your right hand know what your left hand is doing. So I'm seeing a situation where I am in the same room with somebody and the person doesn't even know that I'm praying. And yet, I am in a communion. Try it. You will know what the refreshing is. Because most of this, you know, yeah, 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 yo, 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 and all of that that we do has made us to lose what real communion with God in prayer should be is a heart communication. You are crying out with your heart. Sometimes somebody is crying out with his mouth and his heart is not saying anything. And God looks at the heart, not at the mouth. Luke 5 verse 15 says so much the more went there a fame abroad of him and great multitudes came together to him and to be healed by him of their infirmities they came together to hear the word of God hungry for the word they came to be healed of their sicknesses because they know that this man carries authority he, will, he has both power and authority but what happened in verse 16 what happened Read it for me. Read now. I want to hear you. Yes. People were waiting for him to preach. They were hungry for the word. The Bible says, Great multitude. Great multitudes. Nice. When you have multitudes, you have multitude, multitude, they now become great. They were there to hear. Is not a kind of multitude that is only uh, 
that is looking for bread only. They are here to hear. But the man, because of devotion, the time to pray has reached. And he said, I will not be in the pulpit preaching. I will not be ministering the word and healing the sick. When Baba is waiting for me for communication, for communion, the Bible says he disappeared. He withdrew. He left the place of ministry. Some of us will be busy washing clothes. You can't even leave washing cloth that is not even a preaching to go and pray. But he has to leave preaching to go and pray. Just to maintain a devotional life. How devoted was Jesus? In communion with God. That's how he enjoyed that unbroken fellowship. Devotion. In the next chapter, chapter 6, verse 12, it came to pass in those days, he went out to a mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer to God. We have met him where he prayed in the morning. We saw his afternoon prayer life. Look at the night one. And if you look at what happened in the next verse, when it was day, he called unto him his disciples, and of them he chose twelve, whom he named apostles. So here we know the reason for the prayer in the night. The all night prayer was for him to be able to choose who and who should be in the twelve. with God, communion with God, and God said, write Peter's name, number one. Say, Peter, that one is too emotional. He said, I know, but I will tell you how to handle him. Put Thomas there. Thomas! He will use argument and kill you. Don't worry, I will tell you how to help him. Put James and John, sons of thunder. What of Judas? When Judas' name was mentioned, was a serious matter. He has to commune and commune and plead with God and God said, put his name there. Devotion. This kind of devotion is a special devotion. Listen. A special devotion to prayer when a, you know, some kind of decision about your life should be taken. This is how Jesus built his church. Started with the twelve. That's how the bride, the the wife of Christ was built. Some brothers, when they want to choose their wife, they will tell them that I saw the sister and I had a voice that said, this is your wife. When Jesus wanted to choose his wife, what did he do? He spent how many nights? All night. So much more, more spiritual than Jesus. At Gethsemane, when he was about to face the greatest temptation of his life, ah, he prayed. The Bible says that the kind of sweat that was coming out of his body was like a great drop of blood. He labored. He said, not my will. It's a devotion. You can't take things for granted. 
you are about to move into a stage of life or you are facing a special temptation you are facing a day you are facing a night you are facing and you are not he succeeded because of his devotion but that's not all you also have commitments I saw one major commitment of Jesus life and anybody that we maintain unbroken fellowship with the Holy Ghost in obedience being a faithful steward of divine relationship must be committed that way one dimensional commitment a commitment that can define who Jesus was and that is the commitment to the will of God you will see that in John 6 verse 38 John 6 verse 38 for I came down from heaven not to do my own will but the will of him that sent me I came down from heaven some of us in fact all of us came down came up from the earth was about to be born the Holy Ghost came down from heaven eh? came upon Mary the Virgin and he was conceived so he came down from heaven when you were about to be conceived Holy Ghost came down eh? it's your father and your mother that came together Yet, this man said, I have my own will. Someone that came down from heaven has his own will. And yet, his will is not dissenting with the will of him that sent him. How much more will that did not come down from heaven like him? How different should our will be with the will of God? That's why some of us will not even pray to, to seek the will of God. See some careless people they say, I already know the will of God. No. The man said, no. I have my own will. I set it aside to do the will of him that sent me. In John 8, 29, he said, and he that sent me is with me. Commitment. The father with has not left me alone. For I do always those things that please me. I do always, always, is a commitment. I commit myself to doing always those things that are pleasing to him. It was so serious that in Matthew 12, 46 to 50, he was preaching somewhere and somebody came and said, your mother and your brothers and sisters are outside looking for you. He said, who is my mother? Who are my brothers and sisters? He pointed to his disciples and say, these are my mother, my brothers and sisters. For anyone that does the will of my father in heaven, the same is my mother, my brother and my sister. So much committed that he couldn't even recognize and acknowledge the presence of his relations that want to take him out of the will of God. For some of us, we will dance with sentiment to please and so-called honor them. 
Look at Jesus. He continued what he was doing. Because he knew that he was at the center of the will of God. And these relations are coming to pull him out of it. Sentiment can never allow a man to be committed to the will of God. In John 12, his brothers came and said, Oga, go to Jerusalem now. Why are you in this village doing miracles and nobody knows you? Go and show your works in the city so that people will know that a prophet has risen from Nazareth. <laughs> Say, you go to this feast, I'm not going to go now because it's not yet my time. My time has not yet come. I'm watching the, the time. The father will say, go. Commitment. What was his cry at Gethsemane? What was his cry? Not my way. Eh? When you read that story, he's so touched that for one hour, the man was groaning and crying one thing. One, one sentence. Can you imagine that? You praying one sentence prayer for one hour. And what is that sentence prayer? Father, if this cup will not pass from me, except I drink it, that will be done. He was submitting. He was yielding. In Matthew 16, 21, he told the disciples that I'm going to Jerusalem and the Son of Man must be, you know, killed. Must be persecuted. Must be... And Peter said, Oga, are you alright? This kind of thing will not happen to you. It will not happen to you. And he looked at Peter and said, you are certain. Get behind me. You are an obstacle on my way to the will of God. Are you seeing commitment? I cannot play with you if it comes to the field of the will of God. I don't play to win. I'm, I'm winning already. There's no winning there. This is where I am standing. There's no shifting of ground. Cry out blood from your eye. It doesn't concern me. His will is my will. It's a commitment that you know that follows or that gives birth to obedience. Do you understand that? There is a devotion that will help a man to maintain obedience. Fellowship. There's also a commitment. And that commitment, in fact, you need to read Hebrew chapter 5, uh, 10 verse 5. That one put it so clearly. Hebrew, Hebrew was reporting his life on earth. And so when you read Hebrew chapter 10 verse 5, he said, Hence, when he, Christ, entered into the world, he said, 
sacrifices and offerings you have not desired. But instead, you have made ready a body for me and offer, to offer. In burnt offerings and sin offerings, you have not taken the light. Then I said, Behold, here am I, coming to do your will, O God, to fulfill what is written of me in the volume of books. When you read the same sentence in Psalm 40, verse 6 to 8, you say, I, I come to do your will. I delight in your will. You say, that's why I came. I didn't come to do my will. Let's look at his submission. His submission. His yieldedness. When we talk about submission, we talk about yieldedness. Yielded. That's another thing that must be established in a man's life before obedience can flow. Obedience is the end point. But before obedience becomes a lifestyle, devotion must be settled. Are you getting that? Commitment must be there, established. And then this issue of yielding, submission. Submission. When the man was praying at Gethsemane, you know what he was doing? He was yielding. He was bringing his whole body, soul and spirit. Not my will, but your will. He was submitting. He was yielding. That was why after he did it for three good hours, he came out. Everything was like this, submitted. When they slapped him, nothing can move because everything is yielded. When they accused him falsely, his mouth was shut. The mouth cannot move. Why our mouth moves is because we have not really submitted in the place of prayer. You have not really cried and said, God, this is my tongue. We not speak outside your will. And you, had, you have done it for one hour like you did. John chapter 5, verse 19. I read from Amplified Version. John 5, 19, Amplified. So Jesus answered by saying, I assure you most solemnly, I tell you, the son is able to do nothing of himself, of his own accord, but is able to do only what he sees the father doing. For whatever the father does is what the, the son does in the same way in his tongue. Eh? The son is able to do nothing. He submitted himself to the will of God to do nothing except what he sees the father doing. Look at verse 13. I'm able to do nothing from myself independently of my own accord. But as my father, as I am taught of by God, and as I get his orders, even as I hear, I judge, I decide as I am bidding to decide. As the voice comes to me, so I give a decision. 
and my judgment is right because I do not seek or consult my own will. I have no desire to do what is pleasing to myself, my own aim, my own purpose, but only the will and the pleasure of the Father who sent me. Submission. He has yielded. He has yielded completely and say, I will not do anything except I hear the voice. Sometimes, say you are waiting upon God and God has not spoken and you are out here doing something. There's no submission yet. Yielding totally is remaining there. Say, as the voice comes, I decide. Eh? I don't have no, I can't take decision because you, you gave me a suggestion. That's why we have problems. Have problems. You get suggestions from people. You get advice from people. I say, Opania, is it it? Eh? Okay, let's go. Once you hear, hear, he look, he's looking reasonable. The next thing is, Opania. Eh? What, what, what is Opania in English? <laughs> Isn't it? <laughs> is it it? And then you are on the, on the move. You are making sense. This is your suggestion. You are making sense. There is a sense in what you are saying. Jesus is not like that. He said, I decide as I am bidding to decide. As the voice comes to me, I took I take decision. That's what it means to be submitted. James 4 verse 7 says, Submit yourself to God. Submit yourself. Submit yourself. You know, you know what it means to submit. You attended secondary school. When you are taking the exam and they say submit your paper, what do they mean? Carry the paper and do what? Submit. That's what one language that those who are writing the exam and time is choking them, they don't want to hear it. Submit your papers. It happened to me once. And the man said, Submit your papers. I've not written much. I was like dragging the paper with the person that came to collect. Say, you can't collect my paper. That's what we normally do. Eh? You want your paper to be marked. At the same time, you are not willing to what? I, I said, no, I have not finished. It was one sister by my side. I said, please give him now. Give him. <laughs> I was giving the thing. I was crying. I was in my year one in the university. First exam I took. How can I forget it? Submit yourself. Look at James 3 verse 7. Before you resist the devil. Because it's only when you submit yourself to God that the government of heaven, the authority of God comes upon your life. Then with that authority you now resist the devil. And he will flee from you. Some of us when you say devil, go. In Jesus name, say which, which go? I was here before you. It's because you are still the one that is 
holding the paper. Submit your paper. Submit yourself. Jesus was a man that is submitted. Submitted. Yielded. Given over to God. Not my will. Theoretically. Eh? We enjoy the teaching. But practically. You see brothers. Who want to get married? They are using their brain to shake. No, this one is not as intelligent as I want. No, this one is not... I want someone that is a bit fair. No, this one... You know... Brother, submit here. Yeah? Submit is the apple. The same thing with sisters. That's why the church lacked the authority to establish the kingdom. Because we don't have the life of the kingdom. We say that will be done. Which will? The person that is saying your will be done has already marked out his own will. And some be telling you that this thing is not like his preaching. You know, one has to be very careful. Say your will be done. We do his way, but um, one has to be careful. <laughs> so many things going on in the heart of men. Unyielded hearts. Look at Jesus. I noticed that even his tongue, of course, when, he, when you submit yourself, every part of your body is yielded. His tongue was yielded. Look at his tongue in John 8. John 8. He's ordinary speaking. Verse 28 or 26 says, I have much to say about you, to judge and to condemn. But he who sent me is true. And I tell the world only the things that I have heard from him. I have so many things to say, but I can't say them. The only ones I say are the ones that I have heard from him. Submission. Verse 28. So Jesus added... When you have lifted up the Son of Man on the cross, you will realize, know, understand that I am He for whom you look, and that I do nothing of myself, of my own accord, or on my own authority, but I say exactly what my Father has taught me. Submission. 1249, the same John. The book of John will show you the life of Jesus. Much more than any of other of the gospel. Many, of, many aspects of his life came out in John. 49 says, This is because I have never spoken on my own authority. I have never spoken on my own authority. I read for the third, third time. I have never spoken on my own authority or of my own accord. Or as self-appointed. But the Father who sent me has himself given me orders concerning what to say and how to say it. What to tell. And I know that his commandment is eternal life. So whatsoever I speak, I am saying exactly 
what my father has told me to say and in accordance with his instructions. Submission. 14.10. I just pray that we will pray this night. Eh? Just pray this night and say, Lord, I submit myself to you. 14.10. Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? What I'm telling you, I do not say on my own authority and of my own accord. How many times will you hear it from his own mouth in the same book? That he do not speak of his own authority. That's the problem. When, when we finish talking on our own authority at ordinary times, we want to use his authority to command demon to go or to move things to happen. There must be total yieldedness. What I'm telling you, I do not say on my own authority and on my own accord. But the Father who lives continually in me does his works. So we say, when there is devotion established, commitment aligned, and submission established, obedience can flow. That's why you can read in Matthew chapter 4, and he was led up of the Spirit into the wilderness. When the Spirit comes, say, let's go. Say, what, what am I here for? I'm here to do the will of God. Let's go. Where? Wilderness. For what? To be tempted. Should I eat? No eating. For how many days? 40 days. Let's go. It's when we have our own agenda that the Spirit will say, for the next seven days, you are not going to eat. Because you have your own agenda want to break it. Though he were a son, yet he learned obedience by the things he suffered. Hebrew 5.8 Look at it. Though he, he was a son, although he was a son, he learned active obedience through what he suffered. And his complete experience make, made him perfectly equipped. He became the author and source of eternal salvation to all those that obey him. He is the author of salvation to all those that obey him, not everybody. John 14, 13. I will not talk with you much for the prince of the world is coming and he has no claim on me. He has nothing in common with me. There is nothing in me that belongs to him and he has no power over me. But Satan is coming and I do as the father has commanded me so that the world may know that I love the father and I do only what the father has instructed me to do. I act in full agreement with his orders. Rise, let us go away from here. So many of us, we think that what moves God is our religious activities. We try to impress God. 
I was once correcting a brother, I said, it is not the things you are, you know, thinking out to do for God that God is moved at. It is what God has commanded you to do that is expecting you to do. For example, I said, this sister, you say, I, I will be fasting. Eh? That's what you said. I will be fasting every Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Now, you know, some people do this kind of thing because they think that by fasting they can move God, impress God, and draw attention of God. They think that by doing that, that is going to move God and all of that. I say, what if you finish the five days fasting which you gave yourself? There's nothing wrong with that. It's good. It's good. But you are finishing the five, fifth day fasting. And on the sixth day, when you are about to now start eating, the Holy Ghost came and said, three days dry from today. The one you did for yourself to move God and to impress God was what? Five days. But on the sixth day, he now came and said, three days, no food. Obedience. And activities. You see, something should happen to us tonight. So that you will come to know that there is no reason to compete with any man. There is no reason to compare yourself with any man. There is no reason to strive or struggle with any man. The life is simple. Just do what he wants you to do now. And be at rest. See, somebody came back from mission and is sharing with you testimony of how the dead rose up. Then you start planning for your own mission. What's the essence of that? of that. Has he asked you to go? Somebody say, I organized three days conference and, you know, a lot of testimonies and all of that. The next thing that you are thinking, because you have the capacity to organize conference, you start thinking about, about organizing your own? No, now. Remember, power is ability to do. Eh? You can do. But who sent you is a question of authority. The one that sent you that you have obeyed is the one that will back you when challenges come, when troubles come. As we pray tonight, I wish you will cry the way I cried when God was bringing this message to me. I wish you would pray the way I prayed. I say to God, this life is simple. Just let me live this life. Just let me walk with you. Just let me walk with you. It's so simple. Let me not do what you are not interested. God is not a, he is not someone that wants to give you a load that you cannot carry. It's just simple. So simple. Enoch walked with God. Abraham Look at Paul, Barnabas, look at James, John. These are ordinary men like us. Can't 
we maintain an unbroken fellowship with him for one day, one week, one month, keep doing what he said we should do. Keep following him. If not, why not? relationship with the divine. Hey! What a privilege. And we have been missing this, struggling in the flesh. Walking in the flesh. Instead of walking in the spirit. Instead of living before his presence. Ephesians 5.18 said, Constantly be ye filled with the Holy Ghost. Constantly be ye filled with the Holy Ghost. Walking in the light of the knowledge of the word of God you have heard. People sing song, walking in authority, walking in authority, but they are not walking in any authority. It's not by singing. If you are walking in authority, why will an occult man in the same market where you are, as a believer, be manipulating things around with just power and you say you have authority? And you, are, you see allow the man. No, 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 no. Something is wrong. Something is wrong. The disobedience, the sin, the, 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 the things you are doing which the Holy Ghost has not asked you to do. And the ones he asked you to do which you are not doing has been the problem why you are walking in darkness. And light is not shining in that place of work. So darkness kept on ruling. It is time to rise. It's a simple life. Don't do what he has not asked you to do. Just do the one he said do. Don't try to impress him. Just obey him. No point in pressing him. He will not be impressed by your, by your impressions. Just obey just obey. Just obey. Get his orders. Wait for his orders and obey. Submit yourself. Submit your pepper. Submit your life. Submit your tongue. Submit your will. Submit your heart. Submit it. Submit it. Should not be with you again. Yield it to him. Oh 
We are here as ambassadors, envoys with the government of heaven to rule for you. In the place of work, in the marketplace, on the pulpits, in villages, in cities, but for the fellowship that is constant, communion that is constant. Can you pray and say, Lord Jesus, I want to be devoted as you are to prayer. Devoted to obedience. I want to be, I want to be committed to the will of God. I want to be you know, submitted. I want my whole life, my whole self, my, my body part, my tongue, my ear, my eyes, my hand, my, my heart to be submitted. May I not open my handset when you don't want me to open it. May I not go to WhatsApp when you don't want me to go to WhatsApp. May I not go to Facebook when you want me to be out of Facebook. I submit myself to you. I submit. I submit my will. Not my will, but your will. Ah! Lebo Shanda. I want to bear the authority of my kingdom. The kingdom of heaven. The only way is the way of constant fellowship. Faithfulness in divine relationship. Faithfulness in divine relationship. Faithfulness in an unbroken fellowship with the divine. The Holy Ghost living right before the presence of God always. Brother Rollins, as we are told, was doing many things in the monastery, for he was a man of the presence. He knows that he is right before the presence of God as he is washing plates, washing cloths, he carries the spirit filling station around. Always being filled with the Holy Ghost. Flowing in the Spirit. Walking in the Spirit. Talking in the Spirit. Acting in the Spirit. Unbroken fellowship. Enroll me, O God, in that school today. Enroll me, O God, in the school of unbroken fellowship with the Holy Ghost. Yielding to unconditional obedience. Submission of myself. I desire nothing. I desire nothing. I desire no faith. I desire no height. I desire not to be known or heard by anything, by anybody. I desire only your will. What you want is my want. Where you place me, I'm contented. Lord, my heart is for you. My heart is after you and you alone. Kalebo Shaka, Kalebo Shaka. Kalebo Shaka, Kalebo Shaka, Kalebo Shaka, Lebo Siri Mashanda, Lava Sumakunda, Lebo Sanda, Rama Kunde, Lebo Sika, Suma, Suma Ramashanda. I'm not competing with animal. I'm not trying to impress anyone. I'm not striving with anybody. I just want to be where you are. I just want to do what you want me to do. I just want to be where you are. 
day I submit, I submit, and I submit, I submit my tongue, I submit my handset, I submit my phone, I submit my laptop, I submit my heart, I submit my will, submit your purpose. for listening. We trust you are blessed by God's word. This message and many more can be downloaded from our website www.calvaryonline.org For testimonies, counseling and prayers you can send an email to calvaryrevivalabels at gmail.com or call 080 could also follow us on all our social media platforms at Calvary River Valley